Parry Talks. Welcome back. I'm here today with the one, probably one of the most anticipated episodes ever. It's been too long. It's a long time in the works. I reckon the first time I asked this man to come on Parry Talks was like last November. Yeah. But you know what? It's July. <laughs> we made... <laughs> got the one, the only, my twin brother, human movement. How are you? Hey, mate, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. That's Bit good. noisy, but it is Saturday morning, so yeah, it's just the way it goes. There's always going to be a bit of head noise on a Saturday morning, but that's all right. We get through it. I'm starting a new tradition with you. Okay. Every episode from now on, at the start, I'm going to give my guest a distinguished, a special little present. Okay. And today's <laughs> present... Couple of stickers from our people of Lesh. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going. I don't have. I've, yeah, I've got about fifty of these already at home, but I'll add it to the collection. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a good place to start. That's great. Oh, pleasure. Show the camera. Show the camera. Here we go. So this is um, this is a rec- record label. If you weren't aware. If you weren't aware. How did that um? <laughs> I know there's a bit of an interesting story of how the relationship started with Of Leisure and um, maybe more serious, why were they, do you think, the right fit for human movement at the time that, you know, you did join arms with them? Um, I guess it was them. I met Jack through, like, a couple nights out and he'd sort of, Jack runs Of Leisure or sort of, like, heads it. Um, And he was sort of, like talking to me that night and being like sort of showing interest and wanting to put music out with me um and we ended up going back to like a place and I showed him like a a bunch of demos and I guess he just showed like such a keen interest in the project and I'd never really had I guess a record label show that much sort of interest or passion in my music before and I guess that's always like a big sort of number one for me if like the, the I guess the label that's putting out your music needs to be just as passionate about what you're making as you so um, yeah I, I mean yeah I, I'm super happy with going with Of Leisure yeah. so far I think they've done really great with my um, past releases and upcoming releases as well so yeah I think yeah that was the big thing amazing yeah and I feel like I know you probably reflect on this as well it's like the personal connection is so important. Like on paper, you know, a label could offer you so much or anything could offer you so much, whether it's like a collaboration or like literally anything in the music industry where on paper so much can seem so good, but the personal connection, like a personal relationship with like humans involved is so important, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. And I, like it's, I think it's so important. Like Jack is one of my best friends, is my manager now. Um, yeah, he like it's yeah I think you really do need to have that personal bond with the person that you're going to be working with um and I think that's what you find in um major labels like all these art like it seems really good on paper to get signed to a major label but I mean at the end of the day if you're not making them money they're not going to show the same sort of passion to an artist that is going to make them money so you sort of just get lost in the you're like a needle in a haystack essentially exactly Speaking of personal relationships, <laughs> um, brand new studio, new little workspace. Yeah. Um, in the whole big finer things office, finer things family. Yeah. Pretty much, and I think the finer things sort of community has a couple alumni or like you know close friends and associates, and you know I think we're both some of them. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I just want to wonder, you know, how did you meet, say, James Pep and the finer things crew, and um, maybe a bit of a throwback to that warehouse. When, where did I meet him? I can't even remember. Was it that, was it when they booked me the first time? You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm asking were you, you. Were you there? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I think it, I think I might have met him like James Pepper specifically, like a couple. I went. Funnily enough, he, his brother was in the same year at my primary school, so I went to primary school with his, <laughs> with, his, with, with his older brother. So. I mean, I'd always known of him. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, like, maybe four, four or five years ago. Fuck, is that long ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I must have bumped into him, and I know him and Arthur 
do the finer things things and they've always I guess been big supporters of the Human Movement Project which has been great and they yeah they booked us for a show at the Red Rattler um, and yeah just yeah like similar to Obliger I just get along super, super well with that crew so like yeah we've, I mean me and James just decided to go Harvey's on the studio and the finer things office as well so it's nice to not have to make beats in the bedroom anymore yeah, um, yeah and we, I guess we're decking it out which is really cool um, yeah. yeah I think you're, you're um, productivity when you're in an actual like in an actual studio making yeah. music and you don't have a pile of dirty clothes next to your studio monitors I think it does help and yeah it sort of makes you hone in a bit more on what you're doing at the like and why you're there yeah big time and I think um, this might be a bit of a controversial question but I know we'll start here not controversial when you do make music are you very just laptop oriented everything on the laptop or do you like a lot of hardware and a lot of things because I see it both sides for a lot of producers I'm like I'm super in the box so like I'm I'd be lying to you if I said I like play with all this different hardware and stuff like yeah I'd, I'd say 90% of my music is made with VSTs samples um, yeah all done inside the laptop because I mean it's just I, I personally feel like I have a lot more control over what I can do over those elements yeah. um, I mean I, I do like tinker with some hardware here and there but like VSTs are like one fiftieth of the price yeah, of like I mean, a yeah. good synth and like you're gonna get a pretty close sound to what that synth sounds like and it's just like yeah so I, I personally I'm like well, I'm just gonna save my money and like yeah, I can get an almost exact exactly. same result as what a three thousand dollar Moog would would give exactly. me. So the question is, is the gear overrated? Um, that's a good question. I guess we could take it from a couple angles. Yeah. Um, the gear. Look, if you if it it just comes down to what you what works for you. If you have a really good workflow using hardware, like yeah. buy heaps of hardware. But I just super quick on the laptop like I'm yeah I can yeah yeah that's sort of how I made music I, I mean I, I've always had like a couple of synths here and there but it's just like yeah some people that use Ableton specifically make their music in the um the live view yeah. but like I've just never used the live view unless I've been doing a live performance I'm yeah. always in the session view so exactly. yeah each to their own yeah each to, I mean yeah yeah. it really just it comes down yeah. to workflow so I, I mean I'm not going to tell you like it has to be done this way but yeah I mean session view for me is that that's the go session view <laughs> the session view <laughs> um, I, I find that super interesting mainly because well not mainly because but the music especially recently over the past year has been quite you know cinematic atmospheric like grandiose yeah and you know, the fact that that's not limited by, you know, the fact that you can make 90% of it through a, just the keyboard or whatever on your computer is pretty exciting, I think, anyway. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, though, obviously the past year's been one of the most hectic for you yet. Could say, like, a transformative period, to say the least, with, mm. like, a couple of singles, uh, three singles, a couple of remixes now. Um, it sort of feels like the transition phase is, you know, almost over. Um, how does it feel? Is it like a relief now, or do you feel like it's in like an ever-present just like grind for you? I mean, moving forward. At the moment, I'm super happy with where I guess the project's at. Um, in terms of how, like, what my sound is and stuff, I think I've sort of managed to, I guess, transition all the f- listeners into like what I'm doing now. I guess my biggest worry is like, what if I start making a new genre of music like (laughs) I can't keep changing genres of music every two years because that's what I'm into but yeah I don't know I'm super happy with what I'm making at the moment Um, and yeah I guess as long as I can just keep within that human movement sort of vibe and sound that would that's just like I think the fans will still sort of or the listeners will still I guess interact with that and enjoy it definitely and I think I think one of the big things about human movement, and I don't know if you sort of reflect on it, is the live. It's like 50% live, 50%. Or you could argue even more live in terms of just like where a lot of the attachment is to the brand because the, like the live sets have sort of become 
like a not the live sets sorry just like the live atmosphere whether you're DJing or performing live has become quite you know synonymous with the human movement brand just as like a big party thrower but I think like the last couple of tracks have been a lot more maybe intricate and like focused in sounding like maybe a lot more listenable rather than it being like such a live driven sort of thing yeah well I guess like I had all these previous tracks that have come out recently I've had I mean they were meant to sort of be for an album but the I guess it didn't really pan out that way and so we're just doing EP releases so they all do have that I guess similar cinematic um, and cohesive sound Um, so they do sort of tie in with each other quite a lot yeah I feel like let's just go all the way on just strings and you know an arrangement and that sort of thing um it has come leaps and bounds in my opinion um talk through your musical background because i think it's super interesting like do you know music theory or have any practice in music to be writing like you know these big you know atmospheric string sections and stuff i have a very very basic bad knowledge of music theory um but no i'm not like classically trained or anything can't really read music that well um played guitar for like eight years till I was 14 but got into DJing and making music when I was about 14 as well got Ableton when I was still at 14 um yeah and I it's just using Ableton allowed it allows you to not be able to read music essentially and it gives you a really sort of easy platform to make these sort of I guess lush chords that you think would be done by yeah I guess like a classically trained composer but yeah it's it's pretty cool how far music technology's come and like what you can do with it now so yeah to answer I guess to answer the question no I'm not really <laughs> classically trained but um yeah I just sort of really refining my craft and getting to know what the interface that I use and just knowing how to use it well yeah um like because i mean what i'm 26 now almost 27 so i've been doing this for 12 years i guess so you'd hope i yeah, know something about how to, yeah. how to make a tune um yeah i did some digging and obviously knowing you personally as well there's a sort of like a, a musical score sort of like from movies and that sort of thing influence and you sort of interest for you yeah um what do you reckon some of the best scores that you've listened to or heard um that accompany a movie great and how do they you know if there's one that directly sort of infiltrates maybe as an influence for a human movement song um i've always just been like a crazy big fan of hans zimmer um like his score for inception and interstellar and even like shit like the lion king like you just don't think he's yeah. like he's just everything he's done like he's so versatile it's just chronic but yeah he's <laughs> just so good um so yeah i'm like huge fan of him philip glass is pretty dope as well um yeah i saw i actually saw hans zimmer the opera house at, at, no at the uh what's that what's that kudos oh, yeah, yeah. kudos, kudos bank arena in um homebush um about three years ago and it was wow. like so epic um yeah if he ever does come back again i'll 100 percent be getting another ticket but yeah that was that definitely inspired me to sort of get more into film music like and funnily enough i started doing my first film score for a documentary um about I think I was in the process of doing my first film score for this documentary when I went to see him. So that definitely sort of gave me a lot of inspiration to do this score. Um, and I just got, yeah, it really helped out. Um, and I think I, for my first attempt, I think I, not to give myself a pat on the back, but I think I did a, I think I did a pretty good job yeah. considering like, I, like even like things like getting timing for like, the whole making sure all the beats hit at the right time and the right moments of like the, the film like because you're refined to like a 4-4 time signature yeah. 
but you have to make that work within what the visuals yeah. is doing so it's like yeah it's yeah, weird okay. not just like you can obviously do different time signatures but you're yeah refined to a time signature and you have to sort of determine which time signature and what tempo is going to work best for that yeah, scene exactly it's crazy how, how much do you think that just taking your production side out of the box of dance music and into something completely different has helped when you write dance music or when you write you know breaks or whatever yeah I think it's really helped I think the best thing you can do when making a genre of music is to not listen to that genre listen to a different genre and to take I guess inspiration or ideas from those genres and incorporate it within because that's how you get something different Um, so yeah definitely I mean the songs that have come out recently there's probably only two that I think have a bit of a cinematic experience to them but like the back catalogue that's sort of yet to come out but will hopefully be out later this year and next year it's all like very big Mm. like orchestral I guess chords and things like that so yeah I definitely take a lot of inspiration from that and try to apply it yeah speaking of what what are you listening to now what's big on the the charty playlist that you wouldn't expect uh, I don't know as well or, I, is this, or do you like listening to music even if it's a different genre when you're like deep in a production sort of phase or um I don't know it's hard I, I go through phases with, with music where I, like I won't listen to it at all because I'm mm. making it and the last thing you want to do is fucking listen to more <laughs> music after you've done like eight hours on yeah. working on music um, but then again, you're when you're a DJ, you need to fucking find new music for your for your sets. So the group chat. <laughs> so it's just like yeah, it's a bit of like a back- and I do love finding great dance music to play out yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but I guess like an artist that would probably stick out the most to me at the moment is Delroy Edwards. Um, he's sort of put out a release. I think it was like in the last year or something, which is great. Um, Space Ghost. I don't know if you've heard of Space Ghost. No? <laughs> nah, Space Ghost is dope. He's had a couple of releases started this year and the last year, which have just been sort of that bit below 120 BPM, oh, yeah. like slowed down house, but like, yeah, just real nice chords and just easy listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I tried not to listen to too much of like the heavier stuff. Because I think it might saturate it for me, yeah. and I might not want, not want to make it anymore. Yeah, I at the same as well. If you listen to too much heavy stuff, it it never lasts long. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've ruined my entire taste in everything above like one forty. Yeah. Like because I just I just went through a phase where it's like I enjoyed listening to it and like quick electro Gabba stuff. It was because I just like I'd get on the bus and listen to electro yeah. and listen to Gabba. But, like, because I liked, like, it was weird because I liked it a lot. And then when I went out, I was like, oh, shit, I love this stuff. But then after a period of time, I was like, you can't listen to that music for too long. And then... You don't want to be that scat exactly. dude on the bus with their headphones on, just, like, <laughs> you just see that eight in the morning, yeah. and then it's just like... And, like, everyone's like... And you're smashing a mother. And you're just like, this guy... That was me. ...needs to have a shower. Yeah. I, because then but what I found was if you take it away and you just see Gabba in a warehouse at 3am that's in its purest, purest form yeah that's, that's the best and that's Whereas, yeah I think you ne- they need, there's a time and place for all genres of music um, and yeah 8 o'clock in the morning on a bus is not the time for Gabba but yeah like I'll test said. it yeah <laughs> no I'm just trying to think of all the brain cells I've deleted listening to that stuff like hardcore in the morning and stuff yeah it's pretty I've got to be healthy I've got a friend that like loves hard give him a like, shout out like a huge Lady Lairds Michael Lairds shout out to you um, he loves hard and he makes hardcore as well but he's he was telling me about these like fucking crazy genres like this terrorcore which is 300 BPM oh that's too much and it's just <laughs> And I was like, how do people dance that? It's yeah. just like, the kick just must be like... I think it's just the fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like... Yeah. But yeah, it's just crazy. And it's just so... It sounds like it's so big in the Netherlands. Yeah. And Europe is so... like, They're just parts of the world. Like, we're just... Like, hard style is just like... The craziest thing ever, but yeah. like I listen to a hard style song. And it's like, Jesus Christ. It's chaotic. It's like merging like... 
the faster technos with like Tiesto EDM. Yeah. It's just chaos. It's just Well yeah, I think Hardstyle's definitely taken that I guess it's definitely been commercialized yeah. to a sense. So I think hardcore still is quite yeah, authentic, is, yeah. but hard style is like yeah, it's, the, the whole, it's like yeah. it's like the difference between saying like like a butter session yeah. house record and like Oliver Hilden's yeah like spinning records yeah yeah exactly yeah. you they, you can't compare the two although they might have yeah. similar BPM yeah. but yeah they do two different worlds yeah wow yeah. Yeah, and, like, all the hardcore stuff is just chaos sometimes. And, like, I don't know if you've heard of these, these blokes from, like, Newcastle, like, old, like, 90s Newcastle hardcore stuff. Nas and Bluden, like, Bloody Fist Records. And it's, like, they used to go to, like, little warehouses, like, the industrial sections of Newcastle and sample, like, them, like, with grinding machines and, like, yeah. and making steel. Was. And then they'd made it into, like, these crazy hardcore tracks. It's <laughs> absolutely insane. Like, I can, like, appreciate that from a distance. Yeah. But listening to it, it's, like, instant headaches. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, you got to appreciate the, uh, I guess, the effort that they're going. If they're going to a fucking yeah. factory and recording metalworks, I mean, that's one step further in, like, the effort they're going to than me, like finding a sample on YouTube and ripping it. <laughs> Don't tell the label. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, old ledger. Doesn't actually happen. Um, shit, that was a nice little... Fine, we're going a bit harder, so... Um, we'll talk about Elevate, because that's my favourite song that we put out by Country Mile. I remember when I first heard it, I literally liked... And I don't really like listening to unreleased music from the artists that I work for and stuff, because, like... And it just feels weird, yeah. You know, downloading it, I'm like, "Fuck, this rips!" And then like having to work on it for six months. Like, <laughs> yeah. to make sure it gets out. So, but like, it was like the only one where I'm like, this if, like if we're at a party, like, give us the ox, let me play something, <laughs> yeah. like blow the speakers out. Yeah. It's just dirty. It's got like '90s written all over it, which is like a big part of my taste, especially over summer. Yeah, which is sort of where I thought that Sydney was playing a lot of stuff. Like, it was very '90s, very just like. That's that's the in thing now at the moment, isn't it? Everyone yeah. just wants wants to fucking play, I guess, like hard '90s rave tunes yeah. at the moment. Like, I guess is, and it, what's interesting is like how much shelf life do you reckon this is gonna have? Um, I don't know. I think that. Hmm. I don't. I think it'll. I think this will keep. I think it's got way more shelf life than this than that soul hay soul house sort of. Yeah. But like, that, I mean, everyone probably thought lo-fi was going to keep, and then... That makes me sad, because, <laughs> like, lo-fi is the best. When, we out, when you go out and see lo-fi, it's so much fun. Yeah. Like, everyone's in such a trance, I reckon. Yeah, so like, songs blowing speakers with the... <laughs> too much saturation on the master. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I, do, I do like lo-fi, and they definitely paved the way for, like, a lot of great artists, yeah. like, that are doing awesome stuff now. Yeah. But I think that the sort of thing that happened with lo-fi is everyone that broke playing lo-fi, being huge in lo-fi, is making completely different stuff now. Well, yeah, you look at like look at yeah. Mall Grab. It's like you listen to yeah. like his first like that Sade remix he yeah. did, and now you listen to him now. He's playing like I didn't like he didn't he? Like, I think his last release was like him singing on like yeah, a, there's a couple, it's and like it's a, like half of Manila Gabba as well. Yeah, he's going from Gabba to bloody Sticky Fingers yeah. vibes or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Um, even like boring as well. Boring yeah. had like a trance song on his EV, like not like trance trance, but it was like closer to trance than it was <laughs> Lo-Fi House. Exactly. So maybe that I think that's. But at the same time, what a trend, what an era. Yeah, so cool. But yeah, I guess going back to the. I guess that 90s rave, like NRG, yeah. like warehouse music, it's pretty, like that's definitely, I guess in the underground world of dance music, that is, everyone wants to play yeah. that set at the moment. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Beats? Beats? No. Have you heard about it? No. Oh, it's this, oh, if, yeah, I'm going to get killed for this. It's Scottish or Irish, <laughs> one of those two. And um, in like the UK, in the, 90s or whatever they did this act that they, like you couldn't gather around music like centered around like four to the four beats yeah and there's this movie about like how they throw this big renegade party like oh, in a warehouse this where the, how jungle was created or something? No, no 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 it's like a, it's like a non it's like a fiction film oh right okay. and it's like it's it's insane it's be- and it's like I've never seen a movie do so well in 
like just in capturing like what a warehouse party feels like oh and, really because like, like it's like so authentic like cops come get shut down like yeah, it's like right. this nice coming of age film and I remember watching that for the first time I was like holy shit there's so much good music in this movie. <laughs> and then that's when like the 90s sort of like the delve into it so like you have to watch Beats and if you're listening to this go and because if you're this deep and engaged in Sydney dance culture you have to watch Beats it's annoying <laughs> if you haven't watched it it's, it's insane okay like, this could have been set in Sydney in 2016, and it'll make sense. Really? Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Fair. All right. I'll, yeah, that's definitely yeah. on the on the watch list for I'll tomorrow. Um, Elevate. Ele- yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you when you wrote it? What were you listening to? What were you thinking about? Was it that 90s stuff, or was it just, like, it just that? turned out? It's like, holy shit, this is, like, the drums are quite 90s or whatever. I just moved back to my... My lease ran out of my place in Redfern, and I just moved back to my parents' place, and I was in what used to be my bedroom but my parents had like converted it into like their their like room where they have their nice things um and then I just like cleared all that shit out and decided to put all my studio gear in there um I made it in there I don't know how I was I was listening like the song that sort of I took a lot of inspiration from was Pump Up The Jam but what is it? Who's it by? De- Tectonic or something? Tectronic or something? That bomb, pop. I know. Yeah. That's, that's so weird. The iconic triangle. Yeah. Couldn't you couldn't even. No Did, idea who wrote it. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's like Tectronic. My, yeah, my, like one of those bastards. My friends will <laughs> kill me for this, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I thought I just think that baseline's just so pop, like so popping, and I was like, I want to do a baseline like that. Yeah. Um, and I just got sound toys and I was like, damn, this like sound toys is like yeah, if anyone's wanting to get into making music and you don't wanna and you're like not sure like what to buy for VSTs to get sound toys because that shit makes your like just like gives you so much colour and texture onto like all your bass lines or chords or whatever it may be. So yeah, yeah. definitely get sound toys. Um tips. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, I yeah, I definitely took a lot of inspiration from that track, just wanting to make that sort of like, it's sort of, it's hard to, it's like a bouncy bass line. Yeah. Um, and just sort of like rinsing hi-hats and like, we, like Jack and I, we were like, we need, we had, before we sent it to the mixing engineer, we were like, we need to really emphasise how harsh we're going to make these drum sound because when I when yeah. I first when I sent him the first demo he was like this is hectic but it's not like if you really want to like encapsulate and like have that I guess 90s warehouse rave vibe you just need to like harshen up your drum so we yeah. were putting overdrives and saturators like on the hi-hats and just making them really like quite um, rough but it works super well with the track so yeah I think overall it was great it was yeah. just the I'm, it's a bit yeah it was a fucking terrible time to put out such a club focused track <laughs> but it was the thing about it was and spoiler I work for the label as well it's like a big circle jerk pretty much hence the uh... <laughs> um, I don't know it was just because I feel like that summer we had we had days or the days after party even from the Universal show Melbourne the boat and like every single show when I heard you queuing Ele- when I saw you queuing Elevate Liam was like get the camera out get like, the this camera one's for the socials <laughs> yeah. and I always put the pins up and then like every time recorded it's like everyone was like holy shit what is this song and it's just like it had to it yeah. had to like people just had to have it yeah and it the problem was like it worked so well in a club like yeah and that's exactly what it was made for yeah um but you don't want to fucking listen to it when you're in your bedroom. Like, oh, that's I've like, been. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's not, it's not listening. Like, yeah. it's club music. And it, come, and it came out just as... Like, as COVID Just as the yeah. world went into lockdown. So, yeah, it didn't, I, it didn't really perform as well as I thought. And I think I, it, maybe, maybe it'll get a second wave when the club's over. At the same time, up, though. Yeah. Um, it's hard to gauge performance in a traditional sense of, like, sales and stuff for a dance record because... You know what I mean? Like, an Elevate will have a second life because when everyone goes back to clubs and you start playing it again, they'll yeah. be like, that track. And at the same time, it's like, that track is serving its purpose whether it's out or not, really. Because yeah. it's like just like a live 
destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's big. Um, if I say so myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I love everything I make. Yeah. I'm the best. Fuck, I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Nah, and I, I really... Because I've never played that song... Um, after it being released I've never played yeah. that In a club setting After it's come out I've only ever played it Pre-release mm, right. So I'm really interested To see when I do Play that track again How the crowd Will react to it And if it'll be Any different to when I played it I, I think people Almost be accept- expecting it As a set closer A set closer A set closer right? You know when you Go see a band Or whatever Go someone live It's like not what they're going to close with because yeah. it's, it's the track you know what I mean yeah that's that's all right fair um, well I'll keep that in mind for the set list <laughs> Lim will make me write it anyway so. yeah, yeah exactly yeah um, shout out Jack Limmer yeah shout out Jack Limmer we hate you yeah. <laughs> trying to get me to reschedule this thing <laughs> look at us go look I bet you you're sitting at home yeah he's sitting at a lunch right now saying oh maybe we should no, no. look at this mate 32 minutes in, haven't even blinked enough. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe a bit more serious again, back to a bit serious, and knowing the project inside out, it's a bit easier set from my perspective, but you've been playing a lot of unreleased songs, and, you know, they do change a lot, you know, throughout when you played them. You know, the first time we saw Elevate Live, it was quite different to how it sounds now, and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, how does it feel sort of finishing that last 10% of a track from it being like, I can play this live, it sounds great live, to being like, I'm ready for someone to listen to this in their ears? Um, it's so hard. I almost leave the last 10% to my mixing engineer because, yeah. like, it's just... It, it, that That's the hardest part, finishing a song. It's so easy to get it almost there mm. and then, like, you're like, this is, like, a great idea and blah 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 and then like but you're like how the fuck do I finish it like yeah. and it's like yeah you just gotta um, I yeah I I reckon I spend 90% 10% of the time getting 90% of it there and 90% of my time yeah. getting the last 10% done and then when it comes to sort of I guess like I'll make sure the structure I'm really happy with um but just to make sure everything's sounding perfect, I'll always send it to a mixing engineer. Yeah. And I'm sure my mix downs would be fine, like, and it would work on a system. Yeah. But just to be like extra sure, it's always really, I think, important to get a second set of ears on it and just see how they interpret it and how yeah. they can make it work. Because you've heard this song a thousand times in your head and you, yeah, I think getting a fresh set of ears on it and then to just be like, oh, I think this might work like this and this might work like this. And then you hear it and you're like, okay, sick. Yeah. And that, yeah, I think that's super important. And then, yeah, mastering, whatever, just gets that shit loud. But yeah, I think... <laughs> just the, make it loud. Yeah. But I think the mix down <laughs> process is super, super important. Yeah. Um, and look, if you want to do it yourself and you back yourself, 100%, but like, that's fucking sick. But yeah. I, the way I, I do it, I, I, I like to get a second set of ears to do it. Yeah, amazing. Um, and also as well, when you're playing sort of the IDs out loud, do you like using sort of like maybe not decisions of what to put out, but you know, understanding maybe I should work a bit harder on this track and that sort of thing? Is using the live space as like a road test for some oh, unreleased Hundred percent. I always road test my whips or like unreleased tracks because like I need to know if it's going to work or not. Yeah. And like whether that song's even worth even pursuing still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think it's super important to just make sure yeah make sure it's fuck, make sure it, like sounds it's ready for a club but yeah I I'd say 50% 50% of the tracks I was playing in my sets were yeah unreleased tunes definitely um, yeah yeah so I think yeah so important to road test and just gauge how the audience is vibing your tracks um, and it means you don't have to download as much music, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, another sort of serious question as well. We have almost not started to say it, but there's like maybe a bit of a manifesting, but it's a bit of a tough question. But could you see maybe the end goal of human movement being something outside of directly club or dance music? Or do you think that human movement as sort of a brand or as, like, as a thing is always going to sort of keep its home in dance music? I think human movement will always sort of have a realm in the dance world. Uh, 
I don't want to do human movement for my whole life though yeah I, I like if I ever did like a film score it wouldn't be film score <laughs> by human movement I'd <laughs> um, be by Eduardo Machado yeah by Eduardo Machado um, yeah I think yeah human movement has its world at the moment that I'm super happy with where it sits yeah. Eduardo Machado has got his own little world as well in house music I haven't really touched on that project for over two years now but once I put out all these human movement tracks it'll be time to jump back to the house train and calm it down a bit um <laughs> but, these 90s kids get too carried yeah, away yeah 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 <laughs> well yeah when the shelf life runs out on this yeah. 90s rave I'll come move to Eduardo Machacho um yeah so yeah I'm happy with where it's at at the moment um I don't, but I don't know it's hard to say like what the future yeah. holds for it like it might I might fucking just become a pop producer so <laughs> the bag is yeah that's yeah if you want the money that's where you gotta go do you think you could ever... This is a bit of a rogue question. Do you think you could ever see yourself writing, not for yourself or for your movement, but writing top lines and lyrics and sort of melodies for, you know, pop artists, like that sort of thing? Maybe not lyrics or, mel- like, vocal melodies, because I'm fucking shit yeah. at that. But, um, yeah, I could 100% see myself doing instrumentals yeah. for pop artists. And, I've, I mean, I've got no qualms with a lot of pop music. I've, no, definitely I, I listen to commercial radio, like, a lot. <laughs> which is weird um, why is it weird do you think I don't know it's just so like outside of what I yeah true, true. what I yeah. really do being in a car park in Marrickville but like <laughs> I mean it's sad to say but if I had to pick from like like Triple J <laughs> FBI Radio or like 106.5 or 96.1 The Edge I'm gonna listen to that shit hip hop song on 96.1 <laughs> or that R&B song I'm gonna pause you right there <laughs> look I understand that <laughs> because I'm going FBI with Triple J every day of the week yeah and FBI can be a bit tricky depending on what time do you know what I mean like if it's sunsets oh sunsets I'm in yeah sunset sessions I'm in all for FBI and Triple J have a lot of great yeah sort of um, shows yeah. as well the Ashton Shuffle Boys do their thing. Ashton so Shuffles, like, yeah, shout out to the Ashton yeah. Shuffle Boys because they'll always play yeah. my release on their show. Whenever I got a new release, they'll always drop it. So, shout outs to you guys. But I, th- I like that there's like the fact that we have FBI and Triple J playing like proper, genuine indie music. Yeah, and like tr- proper underground stuff. Yeah, it's so, it's so crazy. And you have a choice. It's not like, oh, I've, got, I've only got one. Yeah. Like you have a choice, especially in Sydney where FBI is so dominant. It's so, it's like, and it's, it's so important that we have those stations mm-hmm. like those where like it gives art. Like I'd be like nothing, I reckon, without yeah. those two stations yeah. like sort of pushing me through. Like they've both been super supportive of my releases. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm definitely not ragging on those two stations oh, no, when no, I say. No, 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 no. But yeah, if I'm on the way, if I'm on the way home from work, and like I've had a full day, yeah, exactly. I might not want to listen to that atmospheric yeah, eight, exactly, eight yeah. minute down tempo ambiance. Yeah. I just want to listen to some fucking shit. <laughs> R&B, some absolute rubbish, yeah. maybe. I don't know, a bit of fucking. Who's a, who do I like? I don't know. But yeah. One of them. One of those bastards. I was about to say R. Kelly, and I'm like, no, no, he's cancelled. He's cancelled. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's true though. Because, like, I love FBI when I'm working. Like, if I'm sending emails out, if I'm writing interview questions, it's like if you put a, a sunset show, it's like time time flies before you know it. You've written two essays. Yeah. You know what I mean? But sometimes that, people just want to listen to rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a guilty pleasure. And the re- and it's a there's a reason why it's popular because it's been like, exactly. it's been crafted to yeah. fucking appeal to a lot yeah. of people. So don't don't be ashamed if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> and like I love hip hop. It's pretty much like ninety percent of what I listen to. Yeah, it's not dangerous to get hip hop and like yeah. hip hop's the biggest, the most popular genre in the world. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's so good. Um, another one as well. I wanted to ask you on this because I'm super interested in this world now as well. Is your set or maybe maybe on the more you know the at-home listening sort of mixes and radio mixes and that sort of thing mm. and podcasts have gone very two-step and very UKG which is like a world that I'm just drowning in at the moment because it's just like an endless loop of like insane stuff yeah um, when did you start dabbling into that world when you start getting into like like, uh, the, like the UK stuff I mean I've been into it for a while I mean you, you listen back to like previous releases like I Need where it's got yeah. like a two step beat and Uber Eats and stuff I've always like dabbled in it and like 
had a lot of interest in it, but I guess I was like, I really want to sort of like that. That's the sort of shit that really does appeal to me, like in a club. So I was like, I'm gonna really focus on like. Don't get me wrong, I love four to the floor yeah. bangers, <laughs> but um, not there's nothing fucking hotter than yeah, a, than so a garage or two step beat like in a club, especially when it's like coming out of a four to the floor oh my God, don't even thumper and yeah. it goes into like a two-step route. It's just nice. It just changes it up, the setup so nicely and flips it on its head a bit and it's fucking, it's fucking cool. Especially when the crowd like get it and they yeah. know, like, because there's been times of, like where I've played shows and like people just don't really fucking vibe the two-step or people don't, garage people situation. Don't even, a lot of people don't even vibe breaks. Yeah. Like if you play something that isn't... Yeah. They want the four to the yeah. floor. And... and yeah, I mean that's only some sort of I guess crowds and yeah. things like that. But yeah, when the, when when the crowd gets it, it's yeah, it's, it's like yeah, you're on like a same wavelength. It's, it's hectic. It's the best because it feels like getting the windmill down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you get the shirt off and the back <laughs> waving around, even like I feel like all my favorite moments and like I've got a lot, so many great moments in clubs and open air parties and warehouses and stuff but it's always the not cheesy I don't mean to say cheesy but you know what I mean when I say the cheesy UK pop garage record that yeah. everybody loses their so minds good. they're the most memorable ones like, yeah. like a sweet female attitude flowers or something like yeah or that um, what's it called Sincere by MJ yeah. Cole like fuck so hot yeah they're the best mate the windmills yeah that's when the windmills come <laughs> um shit 42 minutes a couple quick fire questions. We can keep going if you want. I'm fucking, I've, got, I've got nowhere to be, brother. <laughs> this is the thing, man. I haven't had this on conversation with on the camera. Do you think... Right, we're breaking the fourth wall here. Third wall, yeah. whatever it is. If you were sitting down listening to a, an interview, yeah. would you rather go for an hour and a half or 45 minutes? Oh, it's like a DJ set. It's like, do you want an, <laughs> do you want an hour Six or two? Fucking yeah. marathon by um, I don't know. It's... I, I've been sort of like dabbling in podcasts recently. What's good? Talk to me. Um, Parry Talks? Parry Talks is up there. Nah, it's probably like a bit of a cliche, but I watched that fucking Joe Rogan one a lot. Just on like, not heaps, just like whenever I'm on like a long car ride or something. Yeah. Just put that on because like... It's a mask. It keeps you awake. It keeps you awake. Yeah. It's good Good listening. It's always, He's always got like super interesting guests that like... Of like, and from like different sides of the spectrum as yeah. well in terms of like, I guess, political views and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm also like a bit of a sucker for that true crime shit. Like <laughs> that serial <laughs> stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to get into like more podcasts because like my housemate loves them. Like he won't listen to music or like watch TV. He'll put on a podcast. Yeah. I don't watch much TV or, mu- or movies. But like before I go to bed at night or like if I'm chilling out and clock off. I'll throw it, watch a podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Because it's great. It's so easy to sleep yeah. to as well. And you know that <laughs> fucking bright light shining in your face as you're yeah, trying exactly. to sleep to a la- like a laptop or an iPad. Yeah. It's just like some dude talking to you. Talking about mass murderers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they found her body by the swamp. I, like, I listened to a good one. Sleeping in that. I was up on my way to Byron last week. And apparently some bloke's been missing in Byron for a long time or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Swedish dude, yeah. that eighteen-year-old guy. Yeah. Because I had I like last year in September, we I me and like a bunch of friends went to Byron Bay for my birthday, um, and just like rented out a house. It was super fun. Um, but yeah, we saw all these signs yeah. on like street poles That's of like this eighteen-year-old yeah. guy who, like, yeah, just disappeared. Yeah, and it's like. That's interesting. And then they found a sec. There, there was a second guy, wasn't it, that disappeared as well? Like similar. I'm not sure. Similar person. I'm just listening to just one podcast. I'm aware. Oh, there's a podcast. There's, about so it. There's, yeah. So there's a podcast about one of the blokes that went missing. Shit. It's really good. Fuck. And it's like so local. It's like shit. I know. I know yeah. that exact walk up to the lighthouse. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Like. Yeah, because that's the thing. He yeah. Got, he went to the lighthouse, and then they didn't see him again. Yeah. Do you reckon he jumped off? Do you reckon someone take has taken him or like? Look. There's a whole lot of, There's a big yarn at something Like oh I knew him so well He wouldn't commit suicide Yeah But it's like That's not how mental health works Yeah Do you know what I mean So like I, I think they write that off Way too quickly in the podcast Yeah right But um You would have found the body Surely by now Oh in the ocean Could have been eaten by a shark Or something Yeah But sharks don't like human 
human blood. So like, as soon as they take a bite, it's always a test bite, yeah. and then they leave after that. But you're vegan, right? I am. You were starving. You hadn't had food in two days. Would you have a chook? Uh, would I have a chook? If you had nothing else to eat and there was a chicken there. I wouldn't eat a chicken. I wouldn't <laughs> eat chicken. I, I'd feel morally incorrect if <laughs> I ate chicken. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Super interesting. I don't know. Because like, you can easily fall off the rocks and just... Yeah, but you, I don't know. You'd find him. So it's just... It's a bit... Was he with someone? Does it say he was with someone? No idea. His, clo- his clothes were there. They found his clothes, yeah. right? Fuck. That's crazy. It's very interesting. Hmm. What can you do? Super weird. But Par- yeah. Apparently, you make music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> I, and, and I do. And I do make music. <laughs> if you started a podcast, yeah. What would it be on? What would it be? I, I'd probably do it. Oh, that's a good question. I should be asking you this question. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> you could have easily sort of this idea before I did. Really? Me? Well, like, I reckon if there was a character to do it. Me? To have like an interview series with Sydney DJ. I reckon I'm a fucking uncharismatic dude most of the time. <laughs> as soon as like a camera or like a, there's a microphone, I just I just buckle under pressure. I reckon you've done pretty well. I, yeah, but like I know you, so it's like different. <laughs> like we're just having like a chat. Yeah. But like if I didn't know who you were, True. and like come to this pub at ten a.m. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Like, oh what god. In this empty room. Yeah. In this like, empty in, literal like, bar. Do you want a Pepsi Max? It's like. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have a Pepsi Max. Um, I offered a Carlton. Yeah, you did offer a Carlton, but no, not not after last night adventures. But yeah, no, Pepsi will do today. Um, <laughs> Alright, couple quick fire questions. Yeah. Oh no, wait. Actually, you got to answer. What would your podcast? Oh, be? what would my podcast be about? I reckon uh, I could see you doing like a nature podcast. Yeah, I feel, I I like to sort of get a bit political about things, so oh, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind getting. I guess like different sort of people from political groups and like talking and just seeing where they're at and what but that shit's fucking done and there's a hundred do you reckon it's done in Australia though properly Friendly Geordie yeah you got Friendly Geordie he does it super well but I mean he's just like the most staunch labour bloke yeah you've ever met and like he almost he plays it off as if like labour can do no wrong and like don't get me wrong I fucking hate the Liberal Party but like <laughs> Exactly. I don't think the Labor's fucking too far off either. I mean, they do better, but yeah. yeah. I, they've definitely got their demons as well. I just like the fact that there's a young Australian bloke putting videos up on YouTube. Yeah, it's good. And he's going off like the numbers are insane. Yeah, and he's just spraying yeah, these just spraying fucking idiots. I'm like, yes! Yeah, tell, him, tell him, friendly man. What's his name, friendly Geordie? <laughs> Political Chachi. Political Chachi. Right, yeah, I've got to ask, actually, before we wrap up. Yeah. Where does that moniker come from? The whole Chachi and Vada Machacho. Where does Vada Machacho? I was playing a show with like a bunch of friends, um, and like we decided, like it was a Tokyo Sing Song. Um, was it a Lazy Susan? No, it wasn't a Lazy Susan. This was probably like four, five oh. years ago, um, and they were like, I was on to play, but I couldn't use human movement. They're like. What's your, what, yeah. do you, what do you want to be billed as? Um, and I was like, I don't know. And like, everyone, they just gave everyone sort of like, I guess, Spanish or Mexican orientated names. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like one of my friends was called like Senor Bilson and stuff. And I got Eduardo Machacho. And I was I like, it was going to be some great scat story. Nah, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. It's just. Never is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's always just so. Such a letdown. So there you go. Now you know. Um, I've actually I've, I've got this idea for Eduardo Machacho and human movement. Just like because they're two different social media accounts. I'm going to start a little war between a rivalry yeah, between the two and just start like you know go on the Eduardo Machacho account and be like fuck it's like you fucking like jacked my sound yeah. like you fucking <laughs> you jacked my look you took right? my yeah. look as well like who do you think you are and yeah because you know people like people that sort of it. shit. <laughs> you just do it with me. Yeah, I can do it with you. Exactly. Call um, Parry out. Yeah. All right, a couple of quick fire questions. Yeah. Actually, I reckon for Eduardo Muchacho, because I'm going to be throwing these Parry Talks alumni parties, and we sort of had a small conversation about it. Yeah. We should relaunch Eduardo Muchacho at a Parry Talks alumni party. <laughs> we should, except I just need to make music for it to be, so it can be relaunched. True. 
But when there is music, I'm Mate, more I've than happy you. to relaunch. I'll book you. Yeah. Cash rate. Don't tell the agent. Yeah, but like the relaunch of Eduardo yeah. Machacho with no music coming out would just be uh, yeah. etch. <laughs> just because I can't afford human movement, so throw some money at Eduardo. Just gotta, now you got to throw bigger parties, that's all. <laughs> um, all right, a couple quick fire questions. Yeah. Best city in Europe? Um, I like Amsterdam a lot. I also like really like Vienna a lot. Nice. Uh, yeah, probably Amsterdam, Vienna. Also, Montenegro is fucking cool. That's not a city, it's more of a country. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if you if you don't have much money, go to Eastern Europe and go to Albania and Montenegro and those Balkan countries and you yeah. can live off, you can live for like $2 and it's like living on paradise on like the coastlines, like just the most picturesque beaches. Amazing. Best festival in Australia? Uh, I'm going to say s- Strawberry Fields Best boiler room Oh fuck <laughs> You know what To be fair I don't even fucking watch boiler really? rooms Really? No Not a- Yeah um, I don't know Which one is it? I haven't really seen any that I think uh, that's The only one. one that I fucking know That like There's like Obviously you've got like The Hooney one yeah. The Mater City Giants number one there's like the Black Madonna one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I guess yeah. Just to answer the question, I, I, I've, I've <laughs> listened to the Modi City Drum Ensemble, both of them. The one he does with Deck Mantle and the first one. I've listened to them both, all the way through. That says a lot. So, full credit. There you go. Right, that, final that sort of question. Yeah. You got to Nick nominate someone to pull up to Parry Talks. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who who didn't need this story told? Who have you? Who, um, who'd have a good yarn? Who have you? Who have you gotten up so far? Oh, fuck. More chance of you naming someone that hasn't gone yeah, up. Hasn't okay, up. let me think. It's only on 20, 25 odd episodes. Who the, who the fuck? Who do I know? In Limmer. The, I don't actually know anyone in the music industry. Chech. <laughs> Chech. <laughs> Get Chech. Uh, Limmer. She want? Yeah. All right. You want Limmer? Is Limmer, Limmer? Is Limmer interesting though? I think he'd, I think we'd get forty five minutes. I think out Limmer would bore everyone to, to no. sleep. <laughs> the thing about Limmer is, we call him the king of small talk. He's the king of small talk. Oh right? mate, have, have you, you had a phone call with that bloke? <laughs> you can't get off. He's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just joking, Limmer. I love you, mate. <laughs> we, we hate you. Um, yeah, shout out Limmer. And do you want to give any shout-outs while we're here? Yeah, shout-out to Chech, to Ian Pudding, um, Lodi's Hips, or Lodi Cody, um, Jack Mack. Fuck. Just staring down the barrel of the just, camera. Just having a bit of mind like, do I have Shout-out to everyone you were with last night. Yeah, shout-out to everyone that was living. with me last night that got me th- through to here. Thank you. Parry Talks episode 20 fucking who knows what <laughs> thanks for listening guys thanks for having me um, fair chance that there might be some alumni parties coming up if we do have some planned by the time this comes out maybe even if it's two months in advance it'll be in the top of the description top of the description as well Bandcamp all the black artists on Bandcamp there's a big you know encyclopedia of black artists you can support on Bandcamp as well which will be at the top of every description um, yeah thanks so much no worries. Take care of me. Cheers.